If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. The Atari 2600. Now get up to $30 in rebate offers plus a free Pac-Man. Hey everyone, welcome back to Nintendo Switchcraft. We've got some stuff to talk about from new controllers to new games to uh, my first impressions with WarioWare Get It Together. Let's get started, and I want to start off by talking about WarioWare. I picked it up uh, last, uh, just before last episode. It was actually downloading during the last episode, and uh, I have not had a chance to sit down and play it until like an hour ago. My wife and I, we sat down and we played WarioWare. Just work has been bananas, and my time to actually sit down and play games has been minimal, to say the least, but... I sat down and we played some multiplayer WarioWare on the Nintendo Switch, and I have to say, I really liked it. It's definitely the kind of game where if you... It can be frustrating at first, I feel like, especially if you're playing multiplayer. Like, neither of us had played single player. I played the tiniest little bit of the demo just to see if I was interested in picking it up. My wife played a tiny little bit of the demo, and so, and that was our extent of playing uh, solo. So our first experience of actually really playing WarioWare was the multiplayer experience. And I think that that's probably a mistake. And the reason why is because not only do you have to quickly figure out what's happening on the screen, but you also have the other player to contend with. So... There were times where I would mess something up and she was doing everything fine and I would mess something up and get us killed or, you know, the opposite where I'm doing everything fine and she messes something up and get us killed. The num- the, the, the more players that you add, you know, the higher chance of somebody making a mistake. And when the entire game is five seconds it's really easy to make a mistake in those five seconds. The longer that a game plays for, the more you understand about it and the less likely you are to make a mistake because you're not trying to learn and do at the same time. You're not trying to walk and chew gum, essentially. So I feel like if you're going to play this game, it's in your best interest to play single player for a little bit, have have the other person play single player for a little bit, and then play multiplayer. Now, with that being said, let's talk about the game itself. I really like it. Um, if you've never played a WarioWare game before, um, the, the the way that it plays is you have these small micro games that essentially you begin and finish within five seconds, and then they move you on to the next one. And these are randomly generated from a bunch of different options that you have available to you so uh, you sit down and every time that you play the game it's going to be slightly different you combine that randomness with the randomness of the different characters that you can unlock over time and that gives you a very different experience each time you play because 
you you choose your team, who you're going to play with, and then they give you a random uh, a random member from that team and match you up with a random game. So uh, the the gameplay loop is essentially uh, they'll show you who is who you're playing with. So you have to kind of remember. All right, well, Wario flies around on a jetpack. This person has a scooter and a bam- and a boomerang, which is I don't know about the design choice for the boomerang. When you see it, you'll understand what I mean. And then you also have like another person that can jump and break blocks like uh, Mario or another person who can't move at all but can throw discs as many times as they want. And everybody controls differently. So they show you who you're going to play as. You remember, okay, that's how this person plays. And then they give you the game. And they say, they give you like basically a one word prompt to help you understand what you have to do. Maybe you have to clean soap off of somebody's face or uh, get rid of the spiders and debris in a room. Or perhaps you have to tip something over or plug something or turn a knob. And in order to accomplish that, you have to use the character that you're playing as for that few seconds uh, to make that task happen. And as a single player thing, it's, I think it's a lot easier when you get to multiplayer, you know, one person's trying to turn the knob to the right and the other person's trying to turn the knob to the left. And so it doesn't actually turn, you know, that kind of thing requires a little bit of communication. And so basically you have four chances, uh, which will be indicated, but you know, like a number of lives that are at the bottom of the screen between the, the little micro games, you'll have four chances uh, to screw up before it's game over. And when it's game over, you can continue if you like, but it will cost you coins. Now, the coins are not something that you're paying real money for, so that's not a big deal. It's simply the currency that you that you earn by playing the game. Uh, you can continue by spending coins. So, like, let's say you, uh, you know, you're on the boss level and you've done really well all the way through. You probably don't want to start all the way over from scratch at the very beginning in order to get back to that boss maybe you want to spend your coins on continuing at that point. But if you're only on the second level and you screw it up, then you're probably better off uh, just starting from the beginning rather than spending the coins on continuing. So I feel like it's a game that gets better the longer that you play it. And I already like it at the very beginning, but it's a game that I feel like is going to get better the more you play it because you'll start to recognize the games. You'll be like, oh, okay, I know how this works. So, for instance, an example, my wife and I were playing and there was a task that we had to complete where somebody had like, I don't know how to describe it, like a mud mask on their face and you're supposed to peel it off. And I I swear we must have hit that thing like five or six times before we figured out the way that you're supposed to go about doing it. And she said something that that kind of made me really think about the way that the game is played she says i feel like i just button mash at the very beginning because then we had gotten to a boss level and on that boss level it was a very slow process and so we had time to kind of think about what we were going to do and work it out and communicate and accomplish our task and it made it so much easier whereas when you are doing the micro games the first time that you do a micro game, you kind of button mash just to see what happens. 
Then the second time, there's a little less button mashing and a little more forethought. And the third time and fourth time, and each each consecutive time that you see a certain micro game, it starts to make more and more sense, which means the longer that you play the game, the more experience you have with all of the different characters and with all of the different micro games, you're going to then have the experience to not have to button mash. And that means you can get a better score. You can do better. You can finish things in a shorter time. And that's where the replayability of the WarioWare game uh, really kind of shines in my opinion. So I'm, I'm happy with it. I don't know if my wife is a hundred percent sold on it, but it's definitely an enjoyable experience, both for me in the single player and in the multiplayer aspect. So I'm looking forward to playing more of it. And, you know, if I, if I have more to say about it, look forward to that in future episodes. This kind of power, this kind of challenge, this kind of flying, crashing, feeling. When you decide to get serious, there's only one place to come. The games of Super Nintendo. No one else creates this kind of experience. Because no one else creates these kinds of games. Now you're playing with power. Super power. All right. Uh, one of my favorite games to come out this year, March 26, 2021, I put a ridiculous amount of time into this game, and that is Monster Hunter Rise. I had so much fun. Uh, I I used the hammer as my go-to weapon. It was incredible fighting these monsters, doing multiplayer with our Discord community. By the way, join the Discord community over at nerdnest.tv slash Discord. And uh, we just had an absolute blast. And I haven't played... I don't know, it's probably been at least a month, probably two months since I've played Monster Hunter Rise. And uh, Capcom just announced this really, really cool uh, collaboration. I mean, it's it's odd to say collaboration because you can't collaborate with yourself, but whatever. It's basically Monster Hunter Rise and Mega Man. And what is happening is, for well, for those of you who've never played Monster Hunter games, Monster Hunter, you are a monster hunter. You have a giant, ridiculous weapon, and you fight huge, for lack of a better word, dinosaur-themed monsters, kind of. And uh, then you, when you defeat them, you carve their hides for... Uh, parts, and then you turn those parts into better weapons, which then you can use to hunt tougher monsters. It's a fantastic gameplay loop. And in that game, uh, you have a mount called a, pal- called a Palamute, uh, which looks like a dog. And this Palamute is going to have this really, really cool, cool, cool skin, uh, where it looks like uh, Rush who is Mega Man's dog, his robot dog, Rush, is going to be your Palamute. And it looks awesome. Well, okay, I have two thoughts on this. First off, it looks awesome. Secondly, it looks really out of place in the game. So, like, when you see it, it's very Mega Man-ish, and it doesn't look like it actually fits into... Mega, I'm sorry, Monster Hunter Rise, but I don't care. 
I'm fine with it. I think it looks great. And it is an event quest reward. It's called the Rush Costume. This is coming on September 24th. Uh, it is basically a layered armor set. So if you don't know, in the game, you can get like armor that changes your stats. And then you have layered armor, which from my recollection after not playing the game for a few months, uh, is just for looks. And so this is a layered armor set, which just changes the look of your Palamute uh, it looks really, really fantastic. So basically, if you complete the in-game event quest, which starts on the twenty-fourth of this month, you will get the, um, you will be able to craft the rush costume for your Palamute. I think it looks awesome. I'm looking forward to. I, it's going to get me back into the game for no other reason than just to unlock it, so that I have it because it's really cool. And my guess is it is going to be limited, time limited. I, I I may be wrong about this, but I think that these things are typically time limited. I'm fast forwarding through the YouTube video right now so that I can see. Uh, it doesn't say whether or not it's time limited. It just says complete the in-game event quest beginning on 924. So I'm not sure if it's time limited, but I'm going to set a, a little reminder on my calendar so that I can find out. Um it looks awesome. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm curious, for those of you who, uh, you know, back in March picked up Monster Hunter Rise, are you still playing it today? And if you're not, is the Palamute costume for Rush from Mega Man 11 enough to get you back into the game? I will say this, having not played in a while, I don't know if this is an ex extra thing, but it looked like when you jump off of the Palamute, if it's wearing the Rush costume, like he has the spring pop out, and it almost felt like it was propelling the player a little, just a tiny little bit further than normal, but maybe I'm wrong about that, and that could just be because I haven't played in ages. So if you're like old school playing Monster Hunter uh, Rise every day, let me know. All right, let's talk about uh, rumors. I mean, it's Nintendo. There's always rumors. Always, always, always rumors. And I feel like a lot of these rumors, you know, they go around the track. And then you sit there and you look at the next rumor that goes by and the next rumor that goes by. And then after a little while, that first rumor that was going around the track, it's back. And, I, you know, we've talked about this a lot in the past. We've talked about uh, retro games coming to the Nintendo Switch. And, you know, we, of course, we have the NES library. We have the Super Nintendo library. I believe it was last episode or the previous episode where I talked about the idea of the Game Boy uh, and Game Boy Color library, not Game Boy Advance. And now uh, we have some resurfacing rumors of N64 games and uh, possibly coming as part of a higher-priced uh, premium tier of Nintendo Switch Online, which would not bother me even a little. I mean, if if you subscribe to Nintendo Switch Online, it costs $20 a year or $35 a year if you do the family plan. It's funny, I couldn't remember when um, my, my Nintendo Switch Online subscription would renew, and my wife and I we're sitting there watching a TV show, and I have a Apple Watch. And um, so when I get an email 
it pops up on my watch. And we're sitting there watching a TV show, and my watch buzzes, and I look down on it, and it was like, thank you for your purchase from Nintendo. And I was like, oh, no, what the heck? Somebody hacked my account or something. And then I opened up the email, and it was it was the renewal of my Nintendo Switch Online subscription for $35 for a year, which is not a lot of money, and it's perfectly fine. The idea that they might increase the cost of that in order to add more games to it, I think is okay. I wish that it would be part of the current subscription, and maybe it will be. I mean, we don't know if this is even coming, but just the idea of having a more expensive subscription that would give you access to N64 games. Boy, I I don't know how I feel about this. Like, you can go both ways. You can say, all right, well, you know what? Those are really, really good games, and they're games that I don't have to buy, so it's justified. Or you could say, well, hey, I'm already paying for Nintendo Switch Online, and let's be honest, the online service isn't the best that it could be so maybe you maybe nintendo should include these whatever the you know you can argue both sides of it so i'm not going to sit here and and argue both sides what i will say is that i hope that it's true that nintendo 64 games do come to the nintendo switch because there are, are a ton of really really fantastic n64 games that i think a lot of people may have missed out on there's, of course, ones that people that everybody played, but the ones that people missed out on, uh, you know, there's so many of those. It, my, one of my favorites, one of my absolute favorite Nintendo 64 games uh, would be, and every time that I, I say this, people are like, uh, oh, man, I, I forgot about that game, or I've never heard of it, and, t- and then I describe what the game is like to them, and they're like, oh, that game. And the game that I'm talking about is uh, Blast Core. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with Blast Core, I'm going to describe this game, and you're going to say, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. It can't possibly be a good game. It is. So, in Blast Core... There is a runaway nuclear, like, truck. Like, there's a nuclear bomb on a truck. Kind of like kind of like the bomb on the bus in speed. And for some reason, this, bu- this, this truck will just go in a straight line forever. And the solution, <laughs> the solution that, that, the, that they came up with for how to deal with the runaway nuclear truck is to give you essentially an indestructible vehicle and your job is to drive ahead of that truck, crash into buildings to make them explode to clear a path so that the truck, the nuclear truck, could get through without bumping into one of these buildings and exploding. I know the logic seems flawed, but the gameplay is fantastic. You have a bunch of different cars, that you can choose from. Some are faster, some are slower, some are better at breaking down buildings, some will turn a little bit easier, but you have a bunch of different cars that you can choose from, and your job is to clear a path for the nuclear truck. And I remember playing this game on my on, on my Nintendo 64 and absolutely loving it, and I think that the, a lot of people probably missed out on it because it's the most bananas, weirdo, kind of game than anybody's ever heard of, I'm sure. They're like, what? 
That can't be a thing. It's a thing, and it's great. And that's the kind of game that I feel like flies under the radar. So let's just pretend that the the rumors of N64 games coming to the Nintendo Switch are true. We're just going to pretend that they're true. What are the N64 games that you think kind of go along with what I was saying about Blast Core. I'm not talking about Majora's Mask. I'm not talking about Paper Mario or F-Zero or Mario Kart or Star Fox. Any of, like, none of those. I'm talking about the weird games that were on this system that nobody played or you feel like were like these diamonds in the rough. Let me know on Twitter. I'm at RunJumpStomp. And uh, let me know on Twitter. I'm very, very curious what everybody thinks about that. All right. Some further, I'm not going to say evidence, but maybe some further clues. Uh, the idea of a, a, a new uh, uh, of a new category of games coming to the Nintendo Switch is this possibility of an FCC uh, leak, I guess, for a new controller coming to the Nintendo Switch. Now, there's a couple of things that this could be, and uh, let's let's talk about this. So, first off, this is called, it, it says it's an application through the FCC for a game controller. Um, it has a Part 15 spread spectrum transmitter. I don't know what that means. Uh, it is called Original Equipment, and its date of... Um, the request is on September 16th, 2021. And they give the frequency range, the power output, the rule parts, the line entry. Let's talk about what this could mean. First of all, the official Super Nintendo controller for Switch had the product code HAC-042. Now, just so everybody knows, HAC-001 is the Nintendo Switch part number. So this one has a uh, HAC043, which is the next number after 042. So some people are speculating, maybe this means that they're going to bring out um, N64 style controllers that are, you know, Bluetooth, like the SNES controllers, like the uh, NES controllers, uh, where, like with the NES controllers, you can slap them onto the side of the Nintendo Switch to charge them, and then you've got the Super Nintendo controllers, which you've got to charge through USB-C, but these are wireless controllers that feel just like the original. And I don't have the Super Nintendo ones because I didn't see the need for them. Um, I had an 8-bit dough, and the 8-bit dough SN30 Pro Plus essentially feels like a Super Nintendo controller, but better. So I didn't really feel the need to pick that up. Um, but I did get the NES controllers because those like those were really, really cool. And they slap onto the side to charge, which is awesome. Now, the idea that we're going from HAC042 to HAC043, that, that, or four, I forgot the numbers. Was it 043? Yeah, 043. I mean, that could indicate that it's an N64-style controller. And I was talking to somebody uh, today, and I thought to myself, well, I mean, is it necessary to do that? Because you can do everything 
that you can do on an N64 controller on a regular Switch controller. The one thing that would change everything is the idea of when when I'm playing, say, I don't know, uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, they have, like, the buttons laid out on the screen in the shape of the controller, basically. So, uh, you know, you've got your camera buttons and stuff like that. And it it does kind of make sense that you would want to, you would want to, if you're emulating old N64 games, you might want to have the controller that matches where, you know, you've got the weird Z trigger and um, the terrible, terrible analog. Like that kind of thing is, it makes sense that you would want that controller, but you also don't need that controller. It just makes it a little more convenient. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. Now, other people uh, probably saw Nintendo's uh, video where they they announced Colors Live, which is this strange um, coloring game where you have like quests that you can go on and you color in. Uh, or you can paint things and it's like draw a table and so you draw a table and then other people can look at the art that you've drawn for this particular level which is all very very cool but it has a pencil that plugs into your Nintendo Switch and then you can draw on it which is again cool some people are saying well maybe that's the controller that they're applying for here but then when you look at the Rincon the Rick the Rincon is HAC002 so I would guess that it would be something down near that area of the zeros not zero four three which is one higher i i know it's it's really strange it's one higher than the super nintendo so of course everybody's assuming it's n64 look whatever it is it's interesting what are you hoping for i'm hoping it's an n64 controller i really am and then i don't know if i'm gonna buy it but would you buy it Let's say that Nintendo does bring N64 games to the Nintendo Switch. Do you buy the N64 style wireless controller? Or do you just play your games using uh, your regular Switch controller because A, it's more comfortable, and B, the analog is going to be better? What do you do? Let me know at Run Jump Stomp. Mario is an Italian plumber who, under your control, enters the Mushroom Kingdom to fight off killer turtles and deadly ducks until he can rescue the Princess Toadstool. That's right. Deadly, deadly ducks. All right. Uh, Two things before we get out of here. Nintendo kind of shocked everybody, myself included, when they included um, Bluetooth. Like, I assumed that the reason that they didn't have Bluetooth for the last four years... (laughs) was because of some technical limitation. Well, they just added Bluetooth audio. So, like, you compare your AirPods to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, They just added Bluetooth to the Nintendo Switch. You can now use it. However, uh, people are reporting that it's kind of laggy and it doesn't, like, it's not a good experience. So maybe there was a good reason for Nintendo not to include it. Um People uh, were were telling me that the reason for it being laggy and crappy is because Nintendo went with the cheapest possible Bluetooth um, version that you can get with, when they put the Switch together. 
And because they went with the cheapest and crappiest possible uh, Bluetooth chip, or I don't know if it's chip or Bluetooth radio, uh, that is what's causing it to be bad. Maybe they should have just left it on the shelf and, and said, yeah, you can't have Bluetooth uh, audio because it's just not going to be a good experience. In my opinion, it's better. And I know that there's going to be people who disagree with me on this vehemently. In my opinion, it is 100% better to not include a feature if the user experience is a bad one than to include a feature and have it be a bad user experience. I think it's better for them to just say, yeah, you don't get Bluetooth because if we give it to you, it's going to be bad and you're just not going to use it anyway. So I don't know. Maybe people disagree with me on that. Bluetooth is now on the Nintendo Switch. I was super excited because I am some, like I've got Bluetooth headphones that I use all the time. And because it's such a bad experience, I'm just not going to use them. Although, let's be honest, I really don't use headphones with my Switch all that often anyway. But, you know, the the Switch has a lot of different people who have a lot of different use cases. All right. Last thing that I want to talk about before I get out of here is Star Wars. Um, Star Wars has basically a free-to-play arena battler that is supposed to take place after Return of the Jedi. It's called Star Wars Hunters. It looks like almost like an esports style game. It comes from Zynga, which makes me say, I don't know about that. But I also love Star Wars. <laughs> and the idea of being able to uh, get into a a multiplayer, like it, it seems like maybe like a five on five arena battler kind of thing where you've got you've got Sith and you've got Mandalorians and you've got like droids and stuff and it's a shooter like all of that sounds really really cool uh they have like they've got all these different levels that you can play on that have like verticality and things like that i'm the the fact that it comes from zynga makes me say i'm you know wary but it's also free to play so maybe it'll be really fun i just hope that their monetization model is not um what's the word that i'm looking for to oh god i cannot think of the word that i'm looking for here despicable is not the word that i'm looking for but it'll it'll work in this case i hope that their that their monetization model is all cosmetic nonsense and none of the pay to win stuff like we like we saw with the the latest free-to-play game on the Nintendo Switch um, Pokemon Unite, which gameplay-wise was fantastic, like incredibly fun. I loved Pokemon Unite, but then I stopped playing because of the pay-to-win stuff. It made me feel like if I did lose, it was because somebody on the other team paid money to be better than me. Now, maybe that's not true. Maybe they're just better than me, but I couldn't get that feeling out of my head. Or if I did win, I felt like maybe somebody on my team paid to be better than them. And that kind of cheapened the feeling. So I I hope that Star Wars Hunters doesn't show us that, like so or, or doesn't turn into that. Uh and so far all I've seen has been um like cinematic stuff. I haven't seen real gameplay yet. I'm looking forward to to this game though. As a huge, huge Star Wars fan and uh, a big fan of 
um, game multiplayer online games with lots of quick replayability and short matches. This seems like it might be right up my alley, and I'm not going to have to pay for it. So that's a, like a win, 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 triple win. That's it for this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. Listen, everybody, if you want to get this show ad-free, head on over to patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. I really do appreciate all of the patrons that have already done that. You can get the show ad-free for as little as a buck a month. If you want to get the show early, you can join the Early Access Club. Uh, I really appreciate everybody who supports the show. You're all awesome. Thank you. Again, that URL is patreon.com slash Run, jump, stomp. Hey, paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show!